This is going to sound strange coming from someone in my field, but I'm going to say it anyway. Maybe it's one of those unpopular opinions you see online. I don't know. Regardless, I'm reminded of Mike Myers' character on Saturday Night Live, the host of the Coffee Talk talk show, Linda Richmond. So I'll put it in her terms. Academic ebooks are neither electronic, academic, nor books. Discuss. I'm Dr. Ryan Strait, Assistant Professor of Educational Technology at the University of Arizona, and this is The New Professor. Okay, that's an exaggeration for comedic effect, obviously, and there are some ebooks out there that do the genre justice, but this topic is something that's weighed heavily on my mind and patience for some time. So I want to talk a bit about my own experience with it, the current state, and maybe the future. Normally, I wouldn't make an episode simply to complain. Who am I kidding? Sure I would. But this one is near and dear to my heart, seeing as my degree is instructional technology and I teach educational technology. Now, if I'm not going to show support for a platform and modality like eBooks, well, it's just, I don't know, sad, maybe? I've struggled with finding a proper ecosystem for my own eBook reading for some time. And I'm going to try not to conflate reading eBooks with reading academic articles, but that's harder than it sounds, so just bear with me. Now, reading ebooks for pleasure? Easy peasy. And while I don't have a Kindle or other devoted e reader, I do have tablets that perform basically the same function. And sure, the tablets don't have the same functionality as, say, a Kindle, but it gets the job done. Right now, for example, I'm working through the Witcher books, the same Witcher the CD Project Red games are based on. And I'll stick a link to those in the show notes. Side note here, the stories are phenomenal. The books can get a little mired in politics and geography, but if you're a Game of Thrones fan, for example, you're probably used to that and shouldn't present a problem. So I highly suggest giving The Last Wish, the first collection of Witcher short stories, a go. Anyway, when reading an ebook for pleasure, you don't really have to do much. Just read. Maybe bookmark a passage here and there, occasionally look up a word, but... For the most part, it doesn't require anything beyond the text, your eyes, and some time. The same cannot be said for academic ebooks, especially those being read as research texts and not simply for knowledge expansion. And by that, I mean active reading, highlighting, cross referencing, engaging in a dialogue versus passive reading, like with The Witcher, basically. With an academic text, and by academic here, I'm talking about something written specifically for quote-unquote academics in a particular area, not just a text being studied in academia. So with an academic text, the reader needs to, as I said, engage with it, have a dialogue with the content and the author, understand and pick apart arguments, 
localize it within a greater context in the field. The text becomes something visceral beyond its form, something to be devoured more than simply observed. I'm sure we've all seen those old dog-eared books on our advisor's bookshelves with dozens of post-its sticking out from between pages, the pages themselves rippled with highlighting fluid and ink and palm sweat. That experience, that relationship with a text, I fear, is something we lack with ebooks. I've written before about my own electronic workflow that incorporates electronic text amongst other things. Typically it involves Workflowy, Mendeley, and Satavi, but that's normally with PDFs of articles retrieved through research databases, and rarely with monographs, though I understand this methodology is entirely field-specific, so your mileage may vary, of course. Articles make things much easier, as long as you have access to the journal, or rather, your library has access to the journal. You can essentially do what you like with the article PDFs, be it print them in their entirety or take them down to the local coffee shop, to the gym, annotate them, cross-reference electronically, what have you. Point being, electronic articles don't have the same restrictions as ebooks do, at least in terms of how you consume and manipulate them. Whether it's the laughably draconian DRM applied to ebooks checked out from the library, to the also laughably horrendously designed and featureless proprietary ebook reading software required to read them, the user experience for many academic ebooks is unpleasant at best and repulsive at worst. Of course, there are less than savory ways around these things, but we'll try to keep it on the up and up. Links for purely educational reading in the show notes. Now, to me, this is beginning to feel like the record companies and the RIAA fighting Napster and the advent of the MP3. A frankly antiquated system of content generation and delivery is coming face to face with the affordances and access of the present and, generally speaking, rather than put money and effort into getting ahead of the tidal wave, the goal is apparently finding ways to replace the old system's forms of control. Whether that's grasping at straws or making the ebook so inconvenient to use that it drives people to the physical texts, I don't know. And frankly, trying to make the ebook as close to the traditional reading experience as possible is missing the point. Different medium, different modality, different user experience, different everything. Embrace that. So, what can be done? Basically, the ebooks need to become more desirable than the traditional texts, which, right now, I don't really believe to be the case. The Academic Book of the Future Project Report lists features identified by the Mellon Foundation as essential for quote unquote, the enhanced monograph of the future, at least in the humanities in the US. Among them are full interactivity and online searchability, including primary sources, platform independent annotation, I love that one, the incorporation of privacy metrics, long-term preservability, portability among reading applications, and here's the kicker, fully peer-reviewed and of high quality. The fact is that 
simply put. Academic books, whether cloth and paper or ones and zeros, generally don't sell. That study performed by the Arts and Humanities Research Council found that, and this will either blow your mind, or you'll just purse your lips and nod here, just about half of all academic books across all genres failed to sell a single copy from 2008 to 2014. Yeah. It's not that the content isn't interesting or useful, I'm sure a lot of it is. But like the study points out, there are a couple of problems with academic monographs, namely that A. As academics attempt to progress in their careers, they either want to, are pushed to, or are required to write these kinds of texts. So they proliferate like nobody's business. And B, libraries have shrinking budgets. Some books sell numbers literally in or below the dozens, like I said, which is pretty poor ROI, to be frank. Now, I'm not blind to the fact that I'm doing an episode of a podcast that has very, very few listeners. Hi, guys. About things that take way longer than this and are way harder than this, getting even less visibility. Then again, this isn't strictly academic, and nobody is requiring me to do this. Apples and oranges, I guess, but it still tickles me a little bit. So what are we to do? Is the answer open educational resources? Ads in free open access texts? The honor system? I don't really know. I wish I did. There are some suggestions for these enhanced monographs of the future, but I'd rather just link to that study in the show notes rather than rehash it here, mostly because there's some other really interesting content there, and it's well worth a read. But I wonder if it's the devices themselves that just aren't there yet. Again, I think part of truly engaging with a text is using multiple senses, especially the sense of touch and sometimes even the sense of smell. You know that old book smell? Know how much you love that? Incidentally, that's caused by volatile organic compounds that react with environmental elements like temperature, and light. The smell has been called a combination of grassy notes with tangs of acid and a hint of vanilla over an underlying mustiness, which sounds more like an old wine than anything. Uh, link to that also in the show notes. But guess what? PDFs and EPUBs don't have a smell. You can't feel the pages between your fingers. You can't hear the leather binding stretching as you open them. Now, if that's important to you, you can always buy an old book-scented candle and get your fix that way. Again, link in the show notes, but it's just not the same. So what do you think? What are the solutions to these ebook problems, be they financial, technological, or phenomenological? As always, I would love to hear from you. New Professor is sponsored by me. If you've enjoyed this weekly foray into, well, things I find interesting, 
please remember to subscribe and rate on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever else you get your podcast. And tell your friends. The New Professor's listeners come mainly from word of mouth, so get that word out. Thanks for listening. See you next time.